Welcome to Razzle Frat. We're back to talk books, coffee, pop culture, and more. I'm Allie. And I'm Ashton. So, um, we're, we're trying a new thing today where we're potting during the daytime on a weekday <laughs> with coffee. Yeah. No, our conversation is actually coffee-fueled today. Yes. Yes, it is. And um, we got a little bit of pop culture in it, too. So, um, more than just talking about books this episode... And we're both on our lunch breaks, so we'll see how this goes. Trying out a new schedule, because our schedules are psycho, aka my schedule psycho. Um, So, what's new with you? I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been a while. Well, I had COVID, and then I got over COVID, because I think right before I got COVID, we pod. We did our last pod, and then I got sick, and I have just recovered from that on the heels of that terrible trip that we took together. Um, But yeah, what's new with me? Not much. Um, My boss is in France for two weeks, which is super nice for her and for me because things have been slow. And this weekend, I'm going home to see my family, and the week after that, I'm going to Yakima in Seattle to see my sister. Yes. who moved out there last year. So um, I'm excited to do that. So lots of exciting things on the horizon for me. What about you? Um, not nearly as exciting as, as those things. Um, also, it seems like everybody's in like Europe right now. Like, first off, why didn't you invite me? And second, where are they getting this money? I, like, mm, yeah. Shit's a struggle right now for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> rent. But anyway, um... Yeah, so what's new with me is I have been binging TV on my, like, singular day off. Um, And when I mean singular, I mean singular day off. I work six days a week. Um, So we can talk about it a little bit if you want, but I did binge Stranger Things season four, and I'm waiting for the volume two. You are looking at me, and I feel like you haven't watched the final episode. one episode left, but to be fair, the last episode is, like, feature film length, so I don't want to break it up. It's a minute. It's an hour and 40 minutes, okay? That's long, so I'm wanting to sit and watch it all in one like, at one time, so I'm waiting. Probably tonight, honestly. I was gonna say, this is like a Disney movie. But anyway. Um, but we can still talk about season four pre-ending. Just yeah, we can talk about it. I've also, like, watched um, the series, and no, I'm not a teenager, and I don't care. Um, the summer, I turned pretty. So, I read these books when I was actually in high school. Um, they're like a little rom com series from Jenny Han, if you know her. She wrote um, To All the Boys I Loved Before, and that turned into like a hit Netflix show. So, they finally, finally, this was in the works for many, many years. They finally made the, um, the series on Amazon actually with The Summer I Turned Pretty and it was like everything I wanted uh, and more essentially just because it's like it was true to the books in a way that it could be but it was like 2022 vibes and like the music person should get a raise because the music was always on point um, that really can make spoiler, or break an adaptation they just like nailed it with like Taylor Swift vibes I like I know like this love remix was like on the trailer and um 
it made every Swifty person feral because they were like, oh my God, like 1989, Taylor's version's coming out. Made them like all like just, just completely gaslit all of them and made them believe truly that this next album was like being released in May and it didn't obviously. Taylor Swift fans, not like you and me Taylor Swift fans, like the like you said the feral ones that are like die hard they clown so hard yeah. <laughs> thinking about when the next album's gonna come out and it cracks me up like their conspiracy theory shit I'm like who has the time I will say though I really want Speed now to be the next one to come out because Speak Now is like my favorite album of hers. So I really hope that that's. Yeah, it's like, I feel like honestly, the CIA should just recruit Swifty fans mm-hmm. because, like, that's just, they they know what's up. They know how to do the dig. They know how to look into every little thing. But, like, yeah, um, I love Taylor Swift because, like, I grew up with her. Like, when I... I'm best friends with her. No, um... <laughs> I uh, Like, when she released Fearless and Speak Now and Red, I was in, like, peak... I was in high school, essentially. For, I was a teenager for those moments. Like, I was 15 when 15 was coming out and, like... Or around 15. I don't remember timelines. But, like, so long story short, um, putting those teenage albums that like for me onto a show that I about a book that I read when I was a teenager just like sent me like into the into the ether like I was I was out there vibing in the universe and like all I can say um if anybody doesn't know the premise of this um it's essentially about like a girl and also like I grew up in a beach town and I would go to the beach house every year like we didn't have a beach house but we went to a beach house if that makes sense um every year with my family and like she like her and her brother would go to the beach house with like um two brothers because their moms were best friends and like she was in love with the older brother like crush 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 all the way um and like she was the young one so she was always kind of like left out she was the only girl so like she was never included and then like when she was 16 like she went and it was like quote unquote the summer she turned pretty it was the summer that they stopped seeing her as like the little sister because she grew up gorgeous and like as all women do and um or all people do and basically um it was like the summer like all of a sudden both brothers are noticing her and blah 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 and like she like is like put in these positions where like she doesn't know who to choose and if I'm spoiling the show for you fucking grow up the book (laughs) came out like over 10 years ago um also it's everywhere it's all over tiktok it's all over like spoilers are spoilers don't be on the like you can't watch tv shows and be on the internet at the same time without a spoiler at this point so um it's rotten fruit okay spoiled so basically there's a scene and i'm not gonna give away the scene but like it's so well put because they put the song the way i loved you from fearless album you know? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So oh, it's yes. like, so it's like the song itself is like, I'm not going to sing because I don't want to make anybody cry um, from pain. And it's like the song is about like how she's with this really amazing guy and he's like picture perfect and he treats her well. And like she knows that he's good to her and she knows like she could love him on some kind of level, but she can't help but compare him to like a very toxic 
chaotic relationship that made her feel just like crazy and wild and like those kinds of loves that are considered epic and like not in a good way like there are good epic loves and there are bad epic loves like just research um chuck bass and blair waldorf and um (laughs) but anyway they put this song against like a scene that's like showing like the dichotomy of like her between the two brothers and it's slow motion oh my gosh and i'm just like i just i like i was losing it on a sunday afternoon (laughs) but anyway i am rambling about that and then i also um I won't talk about it too much because you you want to watch it, but I also binged all of Heartstopper and it was adorable oh and I could see why everybody's obsessed with it. I could not. I mean, there's some parts where I, where, where I wasn't, but most parts I was just smiling like a buffoon. Like I could, my cheeks hurt. It was adorable. Yeah, I, uh, I really want to watch it, but I told Allie, like, I just, I have to be in a mood for something that's like oh, for sure. sweet and um, that is not this week. In yeah. my life, it's okay. So. I normally it's it's such a role reversal because I'm usually like the Debbie Downer. Not you're you're not a Debbie Downer, but like I'm usually like give me the serious, yeah. dramatic, depressive, like sad girl depressing shit. shit. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm like I'm just gonna watch love story after love story after love story. Um, but anyways, um. Yes, and then my last little bit of news that if you live under a rock, um, I'm bringing this breaking news to you. Beyonce has come in to not only save the summer that was just going to be me working away my life, um, but just to bring life to this, like, we're not post-COVID, but it feels the most post-COVID summer yet with her new single break my soul all in capital letters and it's got like a 90s track um sample on it and it is just like pure fun and it's telling me to quit my job because <laughs> technically i'm a millennial um i'm a zillennial z z yeah whatever so like i identify with all the kinds of things it's telling me to break like quit my job do this do that you know, Beyonce twists my arm. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for Beyonce to be like, what are you doing? No, but like, no, I know. But like, have you listened to the song? No. Girl. I live under a rock. Yeah. Okay. Well, breaking news for everybody living under the rock and, um, not the rock. You're not living under the actor, the rock, Jones. <laughs> the rock. That would not be so bad. I was going to say, that's kind of ideal. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> he's not normally my type, but I feel like he's, he also has like a really good personality. So like, anyway. Um, personality. <laughs> I don't like the beefcake vibe. It's too intimidating yeah, I mean, for yeah, me. Like too. I like need someone that like will willingly like eat like cheeseburgers and Doritos with me and like and like not make me feel like I need to go like hit the gym immediately like I need someone to be like kind of a slob with me at times and I'm a very health conscious person we all need that in our lives though yeah um but anyway back to the main point Beyonce She's coming back with some music um, for the summer. And this is, like, going to be, I feel like, just one of the anthems. It's, like, it's doing for us what we had hoped 
when I say we, I see the girls, gays, and everybody in between. Um, what we had hoped that Rain On Me was going to do, because it's a bop. If you listen to Rain On Me, it was a bop. Lady Gaga. But it was released, what, 2020? Summer of 2020. And that was, like, a non-existent summer. So, like, it just didn't get the, like, hype or, like, vibe. It, yeah, it was 2020. Vibe it didn't... It deserved... I'm, like, blanking. Was that 2020? Anyway, um, don't quote me. Um, but this... Listen to it. Okay. We're gonna dance to it in the clubs. Okay. If I can stay awake. I'm trying. I'm, like, not... I tried to go out this past week, and... I like there's a very small window that if you get me to sit down and like not move or focus tapping out I gotta go home like grandma's gotta go to bed I'm exhausted it's been six day week work weeks and stuff and like this window happened to be we were at um I'm all over the place this is my third cup of coffee talking um the window happened I was meeting I was with one friend we had bar hopped a little bit beforehand and like I had been feeling good I looked like I was an extra from Coyote Ugly at that moment um because like my hair was a mess and like I did that like the slut strands and like braided them because it was a mess and like I just kind of rolled with it so I looked like a wannabe Gen Z which is fine I'm short and like I have fairly good skin so I feel like I could pass for a younger version of myself so I was vibing and like my one friend was like do you want me to sit speakeasy and we were like hell yeah speakeasy it rolls with what we're doing right now she is like don't be late don't be late don't be late or we can't get a table so we get there at nine like she asked she's fucking late she doesn't even leave her house yet so um she doesn't listen to this podcast but if she does she knows who she is <laughs> um so we sit there we get there it's cool it's like a very underground vibe i'm not gonna give away the name because it's not even actually what you call it is not even the name on the map so like it's really speakeasy i'll tell you off pot we don't want we want to gatekeep some of this shit come on tiktok is ruining new york but anyway um so we get there me and my friend and immediately we sit down and we know this window is closing quickly i'm going i'm just talking this whole time sorry it's all couples. Oh. It's all hetero, boring couples. <laughs> and it's like, I'm in a heterosexual relationship myself. A committed relationship, loving relationship. I would not go here. Because I would want to stab my eyes out of how boring it is. There, it's just like, it was cultish. It was like dark, low lighting, which is fine if you're into that kind of thing. Romance, whatever. <laughs> And they're just, like, everybody's, like, touching each other, like, but not in a loving way, in, like, a, like, a, um, claiming way. You know, like, mm-hmm. don't look at him. And we, we looked like the only two single people, like, relatively in, you know, the room. And to the point where, like, I was getting shoved out of the way, like, pushed out of the way because I was too close to some guy who was with his girlfriend date. I don't know, sister lover, whatever. And she's like got her hands on it, her arm and she's like giving him like back rubs and I'm like, I don't want anything to do with either of you. 
get away from me. Just paid a lot of money for this cocktail. I clearly want to focus on that, not you. Not the vibe. So the window closed. But it's not the vibes. But but Beyonce made me made me want to to revive and try again. Not this weekend. I need a recovery. But soon. Yes. Soon. But anyway, um, that's enough uh, rambling. Um, this is what happens when I'm coffee fueled. Yeah. It's a definite <laughs> difference. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing to the listeners. You are used to this. I am. I am. Because <laughs> you get a lot of my voice memos <laughs> throughout the week. I do. Oh, Allie wow, and I thanks. almost exclusively communicate via voice memo now, and it's delightful. <laughs> the funniest thing is when I'm, like, doing work at home, and, like, I have, like, my music going through my Bluetooth speaker, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to this voice memo, so then you come through my Bluetooth speaker, and I'm like, I hope my neighbors can't can't hear this, yeah. whatever is happening. And I'll be, like, listening to my AirPods, and it'll be like, Allie says, and then it just, like, <laughs> comes in my headphones, and I'm like, wow! <laughs> just, like, your voice, like, all through my head. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um... So, moving on from our news and pop culture stuff, what uh, what are you reading this month or last month? Or it's, it's June. Yeah, it's June. It is June. Yes. Um, so, I read a lot for me, actually, last month. So, I'll just, like, highlight two things. One may get me, like, kicked off any book platform ever but fuck Colleen Hoover and her book It Ends With Us that book is like the worst book I've ever read and I won't go into too much detail because I literally won't be able to stop but it is so horrible it's not a romance so whoever tells you it's a romance is lying to you A of all um B of all, it just, it was terrible writing. Like, I'm sorry, like, even if I liked, like, the story, like, no, the writing was extremely cheesy. I did not feel sorry for, like, any of the characters. And I just, I hated it. And if I had had the physical book, I would have, like, thrown it across the room. Like, I hated it. And it was my first Colleen Hoover. Maybe I should have started with, like, one of her thrillers. Maybe I would have liked that more. But I had such high hopes because of book talk, and I got stung. And it was terrible and I don't recommend it to anyone so that's my first (laughs) book um just a a warning to you all beware um what is your book that you (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if you wanted to go into your next one and get um but yeah no that was pretty good that was that was pretty concise um I have heard the off pod reviews of that (laughs) book from Ashton and um we've gone back and forth I've I've, my own commentary on the concepts that she's talked about mm-hmm. was also weird. Um, you know, so it's so okay. The other day, I was ranting about this to our friend Gigi at work in like back of house, and I was like, I went on like a fifteen minute tirade about how much I hate this book and. This girl that we work with pops out of one of the bays and she was like, wait, are you talking about It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, that's one of my favorite books. And I was like, oh, um, apologies, madam. (laughs) Um, But it was really just, I don't know, it was just not what I expected. Um, And it really was just 
ick all around. Um, but yeah, anyway, so sorry if you're like a, a, a Colleen stan, but um, it's a no from me, dog. I, I think it's, it's because like... It depends what age you read that book at, too, I feel like. And what your, your, um, from what you described, I've never read it. From what you've told me, it depends on what age you read that book and what kind of viewpoints you have on what makes a healthy relationship. And I think that will influence whether or not you enjoy the book or not, or enjoy the premise of the book or not. You can also enjoy a book, hate the premise, and like the writing. Seems like you just don't like either. So <laughs> No, it was just, no. Yeah. Well, I read a book that I thoroughly enjoyed that you actually didn't enjoy, you've told me, or couldn't get into. Um, I read Bunny by Mona Awad. Um, it was recommended to me by a lot of people, actually, um, because it's deranged and fantastical, which is my description of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, right up my alley. Um, basically, I, I can't take credit for this comparison, but um, it like completely sums it up. It's like the Heathers meets the craft. So it's like the mean girls, the it girls, the, the slightly psycho toxic girls and like a bit of like witchery, but like not overt witchery. Like you don't realize it's happening until you're like, what the fuck? So, um, basically the little premise of it is like, there's, they're at like a writing school in New England somewhere. And like the one girl is very like out of place. She's a loner. She only has one best friend who's like gothic and very like, um, like a caricature, caricature. I'm so sorry about that. Um, and she, there's these four other young women in her program. So there's five of them told the four women all like bond together. And like, basically she gives them all nicknames. Um, so like one is named cupcake cause she dresses like a cupcake <laughs> in her opinion. Um, one is named creepy doll. Cause she's like a fairy tale obsessed writer. So she thinks of like creepy dolls. One she calls vignette because like she writes in vignettes a lot, but she's like a punk one who like always looks like she's high on like opioids. And then um, the last one is the Duchess, which is like the queen one. So they're called the bunnies, right? Because they literally all call each other bunny. Like, hi, bunny. I love you, bunny. Oh, so true, bunny. Like, yes, bunny. So that's where the name comes from. Um, and the reason behind the bunnies you learn throughout the book, um, long story short, it's very like grotesque, um, a lot of drug addled moments, um, and like a very, and like the narrator is somewhat unreliable in that, like, you can feel her, the realism creeping in with her, but there's so many factors that you're like, wait, did this really just happen? Or like, is she just like envisioning it? Does she have an active memory? That kind of thing. Um, I enjoyed the writing immensely. It is very hard to get into if you're not used to that kind of writing where it's like, it can transition from like blunt, short clip sentences to rambling metaphors and comparisons to like drug adult observations so like take that with what you will i really enjoy that kind of stuff um which is ironic because of the book we're going to talk about later today um so i started bunny and i really liked the writing 
I think I'm just such a mood reader and I it definitely was not what I expected because it was billed to me as like dark academia, the secret history kind of thing. And it's not. So I think that I definitely would pick it up and want to read it again. I would just have to be in the right space. So when I was expecting something like the secret history and got bunny, I was like, I'm not into this. This isn't what I want. But I really did like the writing. And I thought I just was like so caught off guard. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, the first time something crazy happens. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's enough for me. Thank you. Um, but I definitely want to read it again because it does sound really good. And she has a new book out, Mona Wad, called All's Well. Um, and it takes place at like a ballet academy. And I think that one would be really good, too. Yeah. The ex-dancer in me would love that. Um, yeah, I have been really bad. That's the only book I'm going to talk about because, like, I've read other stuff, but um, I'm having trouble focusing. And plus, like, I really haven't read as much as I would have liked to. Can I, just, can I plug? I'll be quick. Yeah. One of the... So, I hated the Colleen Hoover book, but I did just finish, like, a few days ago, a book called The Plot um, by Jean Hanf Corlitz. Um, probably pronounced that wrong. Apologies. Yeah, we but, should start looking that stuff up before we do this. <laughs> we really should. Um, but it's really interesting. This is the book. Megan was reading it when we went to Atlantic City. And so I got the recommendation from our friend Megan, my roommate, and I listened to it on audio. And it was so good. It's basically about this wannabe writer. He has like a couple of books and they're like mm, lukewarm. So those that can't do teach. So he becomes a writing, like creative writing professor at like a Vermont school. And is like very dissatisfied with the way his life ends up. And he is talking to a student in one of his conferences one day. And the student has this excellent idea for a plot for a book. And he's like, God damn it. Like, why can't I come up with a book like that? That would be an excellent book. Um, but he can't do anything about it. But then this student dies. And he's like, I could write that book. I could just like pass off the plot as my own. And he does. And so the story picks up later, like after he's written that book and it's been published. But then like he is like found out and he starts getting notes like, I know what you did. We both know like this isn't your work. So he's essentially getting like blackmailed. And so it's like kind of like a thrill. It's not really like thriller. It's more kind of like mystery, like of who it is. Um, and there's also like an, it's a it's a book within a book because parallel to the chapters where this is happening to our narrator it's also going through the plot of the book he stole and then they kind of come together in the end and it's really interesting and there was a twist i didn't see coming um which doesn't say a lot because i never see the twist coming because i'm a dummy um but it was really really good and i highly recommend it so I'll end on a high note with things I've read and not just like scream at Colleen Hoover. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie The Words? Mm -mm. That's a very similar premise. He like, he finds, um, Bradley Cooper finds uh, a suitcase, an old suitcase from like the mm. 40s or something, and it has an entire manuscript in it. Mm. And he types it all up and publishes it. Yeah. And like, finds out later like the old man is like that's my book <laughs> that's exactly the movie the end um <laughs> no it's it's just a similar premise um it, it was it was really good and and i i i enjoyed it a lot and yeah it was like it made me want to like keep picking up the book and like reading it like i was like going on extra walks so i could listen or like listening while i was like painting my nails like it just like i really really i read it or listened to it in like two days it was fantastic yeah Okay, so let's um, 
speaking of writers and things like that, let's transition into discussing the book that we picked for this month. Um, so we were trying to find something off the Roy Gilmore reading challenge list. Um, we will do better next time. Yes, we will um, give it more thought. Because <laughs> we, we were trying to go out of our comfort zone with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, A Savage Journey to the Heart of the American Dream by Hunter S. Thompson. And um, if you watch Gilmore Girls, uh, Jess Mariano, love my life. Um, later years, not the little shit teenager. Um, he's still a little he, he was, he liked Thompson. So, um, and actually my own boyfriend has talked, told me to read Thompson. Um, I don't know if he's actually read it, but he likes Tom Thompson. I'm like um, concerned now <laughs> that don't be, um, I'll explain it later. So basically, I'm going to give, like, a synopsis that, like, is given in general, like, on the Amazon. And then uh, Ashton's going to give us a better summary because this is not really freaking tell you what this book is. So, follow the drug-soaked chronicles of celebrated gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson in his most famous book about his, quote-unquote, true adventures on a road trip to Las Vegas. Book... And then, um... The book itself, like, is written with uh, sketches. Um, so it's very broken up the way it's kind of written. Do you want to kind of give a summary? Yeah, I'll do what my goes best. Um, it's, so it's very short. It's only, like, 200 pages. And when, like Ali said, you include the illustration, it's probably closer to, like, 150. Um, basically, it's a quasi-fictionalized version of a trip that the author took to Las Vegas to cover, like, a race, um, the Mint 400 out in Las Vegas. And he goes with his friend, attorney. He doesn't have a real name. He doesn't have a real name. He just calls him his attorney. Or Dr. Gonzo. Or Dr. Gonzo for, you know, the Gonzo journalism. But basically, he is going out for um, Time Magazine to cover this race. Is it Time? So this was originally published in Rolling Stone, but he went out to cover for Time, I thought. Well, he was going for Rolling Stone for the second story. The second story. Oh yeah, and but but it. for the yeah, but for the but for the the original race, I think it's Time Magazine. Um, but anyway, that's not important. The important Sorry. part is that he and his attorney um, are just hopped up on like every drug known to man: heroin, cocaine, mescaline, ether, um, marijuana, crystal stuff, crystal. Um, I don't know all the names. Like plus, like heavy booze, LSD. You said LSD. LSD. Right? Acid. Yeah, acid. I mean, like literally everything. So. They're kind of, like, going to cover the race, but not really. Um, and they just, like, get into a bunch of shen- I don't even know, like, truly how to... I read it all, and I, like, I truly don't even know how to describe it. They get in a bunch of shenanigans. They harass people. They, um, like, are just, like, super, like, gluttonous and greedy and trash their hotel rooms and hold people up at gunpoint for things they want. And all the while, they're like, oh, we're journalists, don't worry. And then, like, on their way out of town, they get stopped by a cop, so then they have to go back to Vegas, and then they keep kind of jumping around. It's really, like, I don't even know what to... 
say. So that's the gist. <laughs> for for context, um, this was published in seventy one. Yeah. Or no, it's published around seventy one. Mm-hmm. In the book, he says it's the year of nineteen seventy one. So again, it's after the sixties when LSD was really booming and all that stuff. And like this is when like reefer madness and all that was happening, and like Vietnam was still going on. So the way Gonzo journalism is if you don't know what that is it's basically when the writer um inserts themselves into the story so typically when you and this is coming from someone who studied journalism in undergrad and used to write for newspapers and magazines um you're supposed to remain objective that's what they teach you in journalism they teach you to basically you can you're supposed to be the observer and um you're supposed to report the news and report what happens and bring people to the moment. So gonzo journalism is this notion where the person becomes a protagonist almost in it and writes it like it's an adventure or a story or just something to that they experienced and they're bringing you along to that experience. Some people love gonzo journalism. Most people I've met in journalism do not like it and do not um, consider it true journalism. Because it's it's just glorifying the writer that's supposed to be behind the scenes and things like that. And I think there's a lot of things with Hunter S. Thompson in particular. A lot of people, um, just from my background, you either love them or hate them in, in the journalism world. Um, and I think, like, with, with this, like... The question is, is it even actually journalism? Um, And I'm reading this thing and I was just like... (sighs) I'm going to go with no. I was like, (laughs) at first I was like, okay, well, he has a story he's supposed to write, Mint 400, which is this off-road race in the desert that's very exclusive, um, based out of the Mint Hotel. And um, it's invite only, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's like hundreds of like motorcycles and dune buggies and they're just riding around the fucking desert and it's like you know promoting like partying and just like it's kind of like burning man burning man with drag racing right maybe yeah Eh, yeah, sure why not that's what it sounds like and then so the book keeps going and like we can talk about a little bit more if we really want to i don't really care for this book as you can tell um he also gets called back to cover a second story, which is extremely fucking ironic, to cover the convention with police in the DA about the crisis with drugs yeah. and drug awareness. And he attends this high as fuck on, like, cocaine, ether, acid, tripping balls. And so I don't know... Oof, I, like, uh, if you look at it from some level, it feels very ironic, satirical. It's like yeah. he's taking this very serious, um, respected, if you can think of it that way, profession, mm-hmm. and he's making a farce of it. And, like, you, if you look at it from that perspective, it's kind of brilliant. Um, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. There are definitely, like, and we'll get into it, like, a lot of things wrong with it but i think that is like there's so much humor and just like the situational irony of it right that he's like talking to these cops and is 
you know, completely bombed out of his mind. And he's talking about the importance of like getting these guys in jail. And they're like, here, here. And they like don't realize like who they're talking to. And it's just funny. And it's like shows how out of touch like law enforcement is. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought like, and that was so funny to me. I don't know. I just, and some of the things that come out of this guy's mouth, like, like are, most of them are terrible. Yes. And these are like objectively terrible people, I think. But some of the things they say just like cracked me up. And I was like, OK, like mm-hmm. I see why people like it, even though it's like not really for yeah. me. But like there is like there's so much vomit in the book. And the guy, the narrator calls it the big spit. <laughs> And just, like, stupid shit like that that I was like, okay, like, yes, this guy is a terrible person. But, like, little things that just made me, like, chuckle out loud. Like, it's very humorous. I'm, like, so, yeah, that one scene about the cop. Literally, they're pretending to be cops talking to this guy from Georgia. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're telling him how, like, there's, like, witchcraft sacrifices happening in, like, parking lots in California. And how, like, they're going around and they're chopping off people's heads. Yeah. And to counteract that, the police are going around chopping off people's heads. And the guy's just, like, believing all of that. And then, like, he's like, well, there's no trouble in Georgia. And I was like, mm. But, um. Yeah, 1970 Georgia was, everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. Nothing wrong. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, with the drugs, like, like, I am not experimental with that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to go on air with anything like that. But, like. How are they alive? That's what I... I, like, they're telling us they're, like, they eat, like, eat, like, blotters with, like, tons of acid. And then, like, they're... And meanwhile, by the way, they're operating vehicles, like, half the time. Yes. Which is insane to me. Going, like, 100-something over, like, Mm -hmm. miles per hour. And they are literally snorting coke, taking fucking, like, hash pipes and, like smoking that um i think they were using heroin at one point they they literally like they were putting drops of ether into tissues and inhaling ether like it's 1905 like how how are they operating that car i mean i know he's like some of the tarts he's like yeah i parked on the sidewalk and then like but like how are they not dead it's all the grapefruit they eat (laughs) these people are literally only doing drugs and eating grapefruit (laughs) they're not sleeping they're not eating they're paying everything with credit cards or like what or like a lot of magazines credit cards yeah the magazine credit cards like everything's booked for them literally the only reason he got this was he got a call and they assigned him to like go go out and cover this and like Apparently, he's done pieces in the New York Times. I'm just like, how are you an esteemed writer? Yeah. And, like, doing all of that. Like, absolutely bonkers, in my opinion. And, like, I think it's, like, I felt like it was, like, and maybe this is because of my background in journalism and, like, the fact that, like, I knew so many people that were, like, just pushing every everything they had to, like, make it and to, like, make a name and all this kind of stuff and, like, the kind of grittiness you have to have if you don't know anybody. If you know people, you know people. But, like, if you don't, like, the way you have to work in journalism to, like, even make a name for yourself, like, is really hard. And for this guy who's just, like, a total drugged asshole to just be, like, get called up and be like, yeah, go report this. It just, like, pisses me off. 
And like the fact that he's just like, I don't even have a story. I don't even, what am I even here for? Like, I don't know. I'm just gonna go to the bar. Yeah. Like he like misses the race and he's like, whatever. I'll just like look it up in the LA Times. Like who won? (laughs) And like do his job. Yeah. Like how awful and unprofessional that is. And like, I understand like that's not the point of the book, but like, I don't know. I think that just like really annoyed me. Um, There are many things about this book that annoyed me. And then uh, do you want to talk about like just the other there was only really two main characters that were consistent were the attorney and hunter s thompson which is in the book referred to as like dr duke he goes by raul duke as his like ilias name it's what he books everything under and stuff like that but um you do encounter like all those people like the cops we said and then um there are a few women in the book um any woman that's in the book is just like a sex toy or like a means to an end. Like there's no, yeah. Like it's so misogynistic, and not even just like the fact that there aren't women characters, but like the women characters, they're just like openly talking about like raping them and leaving yeah. them for dead in the desert. Yeah. Um. And like, like there's like a couple of scenes where I was like, oh my, oh my god, yeah. I had to like stop reading because I was like. It's ridiculous. Or they just, like, want to, like... They, like, get this one girl, like, really high on acid and then tell her, like, the cops are after her and, like, send her to another location and tell her, like, don't call us or the cops will get you. But she's, like, scared out of her mind. She doesn't know where she is. And they're just, like, whatever. Like, people and women especially are, like, disposable. It is insane. And then there's another scene, like, at the end of the book where, like, a maid, like, accidentally walks in when they're, like, doing all of these drugs and they basically threaten her and like hold her up and they're like I don't know it's just yeah it's very and it would be even if they weren't women but like it's only women that get treated like that in the story so oh yeah no one of them yeah one of them he asks a woman if she's ever screwed screwed a polar bear yeah they really treat the servers, the waitresses, badly, too. Another woman, they he calls her a backdoor beauty. It's just, like, the whole thing, the way they speak, they're very bigoted. They're very misogynistic. They're just, they joke about rape way too much for my liking. It's and it's just, like, like, they're like they, no, they're seriously, serious. they're, like, you raped her, and then you just sent her off. Like, ha-ha. I'm, like, you're just going to nonchalantly say this. And meanwhile, like, the fact that this book is based on true events and the reason that I feel like some of these conversations actually did happen is because they have, like, a very high-tech recorder that they use for everything that, like, to the point where, like, they could hear into other cars, which I think that's an invasion of privacy, but okay. Yeah, that, doesn't sound- <laughs> um, that doesn't sound ethical. But I think, like, we can talk about this when we do the rating a little bit in a second, but I don't have much to say about this book because... I also didn't, as someone who really is into writing style, I didn't enjoy the writing style at all. Um, I felt like it was extremely drug addled, which I guess is the point, but it felt like a drug, he was on drugs when he was writing it, which I'm sure he was, but like, let's be honest, plenty of writers are on drugs when they write and they can string better sentences together than this shit. So like, I'm just saying it doesn't he doesn't feel like there's no context it felt like just a string of drugged conversations it feels like if like 
you and your friend, not you, Ashton, but, like, say, like, you and your friend, you and the world, get high. Like, they just, you know, smoke a bowl, whatever, um, and just sit, put a, put your phone between the two of you, hit record, and just have the most spaced out conversations. They could be deep, they could be far out, whatever. And you just take that recording and just put it in a book. Yeah. That's what this is, but, like, escalated a thousand because they're on pills they're on ether they're on coke they're on heroin mescaline whatever the frick that is and like it's just it turned me off a lot because as someone who like values writing and this is a guy that's renowned and has been printed in the new york times it just felt like a slap in the face for any aspiring writer and just felt like I don't know. Uh, I just really, I really did not enjoy this book. And I'm a very open-minded reader. So I don't know what that says. Yeah. The um, only parts of it I enjoyed were like the little one-liners and like the yeah. like humor. I in, in the cop convention scene, I thought was like really funny. Um, but other than that, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from this. Like as a reader, as like a work of literature, like I really just have yeah, almost nothing to take away from it other than we checked it off our list and I'll probably never think about it again. <laughs> yeah, I like we'll do the readings. Um, but to just end with the book description, I just feel like I can see and I'm going to watch it. This feels like a movie. It feels like it was written for a movie. It doesn't feel like it was written for a book, if that makes any sense. Readers will understand what I'm saying. But, like, it just, it felt like, okay, I can see myself enjoying this as a movie. There's lots of dialogue. It's very dialogue heavy. Which is fine. I've read books that are dialogue heavy. It just felt like the way this was structured, it just felt like it's very heavy on, like, just aesthetic and imagery and that's like it wasn't i'm having trouble figuring out how i want to say this long story short it just felt like it should have been a movie and i know it is a movie so that's fine i'm sure maybe i'll like the movie yeah um but what did you rate it i rated it a three quarters frat one quarter razzle um it's a recipe <laughs> yes it's um you know a very specific concoction um no just i wouldn't give it a full frat just because like i said i did find parts of it funny and it is unlike anything that i've ever read um and so it did like get me out of my comfort zone and like there are like way more things wrong with it that we can get into right now but i am glad that I read it and I think like it challenged me as like a reader um even if I didn't like it so I'm gonna give it a little credit there with the the quarter razzle but I know you feel a little differently so yeah. <laughs> what, what would you rate it I gave it a full frat <laughs> I seriously wanted to dnf this book really bad um I'm just committed but I just I don't and I don't ever not finish a book um I just it felt like the epitome of toxic masculinity in a book and it just like it just is everything wrong with that and I and the fact that it's glorified and considered like a somewhat classic just immediately just I was like I I hate this and I hate our world immediately no <laughs> immediately no um but it just like like I said, I mentioned my stuff with journalism and that kind of like spin the face of so many people that, especially like people that I've met um, 
the way they've like clawed their way to the top and like he's just like such an asshole about it and like I get it it's a different time whatever but I also I understand the appeal um it was just a massive turnout for me I I I think if it was a source of fiction I might have been able to look at it differently but the fact that it was true for the most part and the fact that there's there's a very large possibility that they talked like this acted like this and then this just sort of personalities on and off drugs i just was like i think i just you can hate a character you can hate a character and still love a book i hated them and i disliked their story and i did not care about them or care for them or care for what's going to happen i wanted it to stop and end and like i wanted to like go and like hug a rainbow or something afterwards <laughs> I like I just I thought it was very privileged and um not in just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm dumb I don't want to talk about it anymore I don't... <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say yeah that's basically that's basically it I think it would be interesting to have read this in like an academic setting like with a bunch of other like works from the time or something like that I feel like it fits better into like a larger conversation than it does stand alone you know like as an example of like something else you're studying but just like as a book on its own pass (laughs) yeah I feel like I feel like people that that read this probably got like they also probably love like Holden Caulfield like Mm -hmm. you know like which I don't mind um What's the name of the book? Oh, Catcher in the Rye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, those very, like, not to not to genderify it, but um, male. Yeah. Like, like cis, male. like cisgender male Like books. sociopathic. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the ones that, like, you know, if a guy likes it, it's a red flag mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Except for our man's Just Mariano. <laughs> Well, he was a teen. I feel like as, like, an adult, he would also not like this. But, yeah, I'm done talking about it. Um, (laughs) That's all we got to say about that. Um, But, yeah, just to to wrap up our book conversation, um, basically, I have... I have to get back into reading. I have, like, I'm behind in, like, so many book clubs right now. But I'm reading uh, Norwegian Wood which I actually really enjoy. I can't pronounce the author's name without looking that up, so I'm not even going to go on air saying it. But um, I've been recommended this book many times. Like, it's very um, academia-based, but not dark academia, just academia. Yeah. Okay. It's a very soft book. Take that with what you will. Okay. But that's what I'm reading right now. Um, what are you reading? I am reading um, The Dead Zone by Stephen King because that's n- next up. Girl, I'm going to f- like freaking ban you from reading Stephen King. No, that is like, okay, I am on a mission to read all of his books in chronological order. And this is the next one. And he's got like 60 books. So I got to like keep chugging along. Okay. I'm only on like the- You're not going to like drop dead tomorrow. Just read something else for a change. I, well, I'm not reading them like back to back to back. The last pod you talked about the stand. Yes, that was. And the pod before that you talked about Pet Cemetery. Yes, but you I'm reading about other. Stephen King I, but every I'm time. reading other things in between. Well, tell me about them instead okay, of so Stephen King. What, okay. I so I'm 
that's on the one hand. On the other hand, I just checked out from the library um, the book How to Be Perfect by Michael Schur, mm-hmm. who is the producer of Parks and Rec and The Good Place and The Office. And so it's a book um, about like moral philosophy. And I am really excited to read it because I love Mike Schur. And I really loved The Good Place. Um, and it has like, obviously, like fantastic blurbs from like Mindy Kaling and Steve Carell. But um I think the book will be really interesting about, like, you know, ancient moral philosophies and how they apply today and just kind of, like, writing down a lot of the things about that I loved about The Good Place. So, yeah, I'm excited to read that one. And I also got Night Crawling by Layla Motley, which is the Oprah Book Club pick. And it was recommended um, by Tracy at The Stacks, which is like one of my favorite podcasts. And I trust her a lot. So those are kind of like my two that I'll be reading over the next few weeks. Yeah. Cool. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to bash on you. I'm just (laughs) tired of hearing about Stephen King. He's creepy and and pervy. No comment. We'll talk about it later. Um, it's just you talk a lot about Stephen King. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we just clearly I, there is. Well, we just are limited on time. Okay, I wanted to move on a little. I'm sorry. Um, I also need to get back to work. Um, yeah, I've actually put on hold at the library. Hopefully, it comes because it's my July book, which I cannot wait for July when I can go on my beach vacation for a week and just read. My record is 10 books. Um, so I'm just like really hoping that I can beat that again. Um, I've been beating my record every, every summer. Um, and I'm trying. I am nervous um, because I've seen it destroy people's lives. The A Court of Thorns and Roses book. Um, I didn't want to say the acronym because I feel like I hear it everywhere. So, um, I don't know. It could be, it could be a nice surprise like um, Ninth House was. It could also be a book talk bad surprise like, you know, um, Lisa Jewell or something. So, or, or, um, the love hypothesis. I did not enjoy the love hypothesis as much as everybody hyped it up to be. So, um, (laughs) so that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, and then I'm also looking forward to the next part of Stephen King, not Stephen King. Oh my God. See, you got me saying Stephen King. I'm sorry, but Stranger Things. Stranger Things is inspired by Stephen King. So what? Yeah, it's like like band of teenagers fights together against evil. That's like so many of King's like early stuff, like it. Like, it's heavily inspired by Stephen King and other science fiction. I thought it was, like, inspired by, like, Ghostbusters and stuff. I think, like, it pulls from multiple sources, but, like, yeah, this is very, like... It reminds me of something else, and I forget what it is. I thought it was just, like, classic. I don't know. I just feel like Stephen King is, like, James Patterson, where, like, he's got enough street cred that, like... We don't have to compare everything to them. No, we don't. And I think I said before. Oh my god. Hmm. Sorry. Go. Did you hear what happened with James Patterson? 
I heard rumblings, but I didn't really pay attention. Yeah, so um, <laughs> he oh, went wait, on yes. an interview, I forget with what, the New York Times maybe, and um, complained that it's hard for older white male writers to get work these days because they're not they're not like they're being pushed aside for like younger like poc writers and since one of like things like that authors and and like went on air saying that they're being discriminated against and like i think the dude the the like i don't know if it was the ceo because he's he's represented i think by hachette or something yeah um and I think someone released, like, they had to release, like, a press release being, like, I would not want to be his publicist. It was, like, we, and, like, there was a lot of damage control around oh, yeah. him about, like, we don't agree with what he has to say and, like, we don't think this is right and, like, I don't know. Um, so, I... <laughs> That was, like, the book news that I, I like, heard. Uh, We are both going to – I think we need to wrap up a little bit. Um, The last thing we're both looking forward to is Where the Crawdads Sing movie um, coming out in July. We both read the book, right? You read the book? I have not read the book. (gasps) You haven't? In an act of protest. Why? Because it was on the New York Times bestseller list for so long, and I was like – I'm just not going to read it because it's what everybody else is reading for, like, a stupid reason. And then I just held out, and now it's, like, a hubris thing. <laughs> <laughs> Once, um, see, that's normally my take on it, but my friend and I in the book club, we were, like, a couple years ago, we were like, let's pick something that's relevant. Like, not relevant, but contemporary, and we never pick anything contemporary. And I didn't know at the time that it was going to be as big as it was, so we read it, and, like... um. It's really good. It's really okay. good. As someone who doesn't like the hype, so I, I let yeah, I will read it because I do want to read it before the movie comes out, and I also want to read Persuasion by Jane Austen before that new adaptation comes out. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's that'll like be one our- of my favorite things is like to compare books, like the source text to the adaptation. So um, maybe we can go see it together when it premieres. Yeah, I definitely think, and we can read Persuasion together. I read it once, but I would read it again. I love that book, um, and I'm also interested. And seeing her name's Daisy, right? Yeah, Daisy Edgar Jones. Daisy as Kaya. She's having a moment. Yeah, I know. And I I love her. Yeah, I know you do. I'm so happy for her. You don't like her? No, no, no. I do. I do. I I just know why you love her. Um, normal people. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Um. In the meantime, be sure to follow more of our bookish antics on our bookstagrams at There's Ink on My Hands and Grapes underscore of underscore Ash. Share Razzle Frat with friends, lovers, even your enemies. Share the wealth of this gem of a pod and feel free to leave a review or comment in Apple Podcasts. Also, check out our podcast Instagram at Razzle Frat Pod and come for the books and stay for the coffee-fueled conversation. In the meantime, we shall bid you adieu. That's Razzle Frat. <laughs>